Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Currently Cringing Podcast. I'm your host, Anisha Ramakrishna. I'm a TV personality and entrepreneur. Join me as I spill the chai on my cringeworthy life experiences with a side of dating, pop culture, and lots of laughs. Hey guys, welcome to Currently Cringing. Today we're going to talk about navigating relationships in your 30s. And by that I mean the cutoff era. Hey, Dits. Hey. How are you? I'm good. I think it happens multiple times in your lifetime. We outgrow people. I think that's a great way to put it. I don't think most of the time, I mean, maybe boys and girls are different, but mostly you just realize that there's some people who are compatible in your life and some who aren't. And I actually have friends that are in India that I was like, oh, how's this person? And it's like, I've just outgrown that friendship. Yeah. Or like you don't keep in touch anymore. But Basically, today we're talking about how friendships change in your 30s. And I think by your mid-30s, and that's being generous, by your mid-30s, you should have established your friend group. I think there's also, you can have a multiple friend groups. Um, you and I are a little social, so we have like different friends from different walks of life. Um, you know, we became newer friends the last few years. So I would say like we're all part of the like post-COVID friendships. Then there's like your school and college and grad school. So there's different eras and it really comes down to how good you are at keeping in touch with individual people or maybe even groups, you know. Well, I think in our 30s we've realized that time is our most precious resource and it's okay to curate your inner circle, you know. I agree. And I think there's different levels of inner circle. For me, I think my thing was like by 30, I wanted to make most of my friends. And then I even said, I extended that a bit to 35. And I think like after 35, to get into my inner circle or even circle, either you have to be a friend of a close friend. So like, I'm not like super close with all your friends, but at least they're your friends or your people. So, you know, by extension, you know, they're cool. Like we're, we're friends now. But like, if you're like a rando that I'm meeting out, you got to be giving me something. And I know that's, and they should feel the same about me. Yeah, I think people aren't going to like what we have to say with regard to what we're going to call the value proposition, the idea of evaluating people based on their value, their return on investment, their ROI. And we talk about this all the time. In your 20s, you're collecting friends. You know, you should have a lot of friends. You're going out, you're meeting people, you're in college, you're traveling extensively. 
for the purpose of probably meeting people. And then as you get older, it's like you've established your close friends, you have your family, time is precious, you also want time for yourself. And then when you meet someone new, it's kind of like, okay, what do you bring to the table? Is this friendship worth my time? As in, are you funny? Are you smart? Do you have a yacht? I think one other group you forgot is, which we'll cover is your friends' spouses, which I think is very important. And then there's your spouse's friends, right? Which is kind of like, you know, you have to integrate to that. And then the other thing is that in our 20s, I remember we used to joke about this term, which uh, was called NVA, and we call them non-value ads. <laughs> and those people were just like, why are you keep inviting them to stuff? You know, like you get a couple tries to crack the group. But if you aren't bringing anything to the table, like for example, I had a big 35th birthday party, I invited everyone. And if in the if from 35 to 36, you haven't engaged with me or invited me to stuff, I didn't invite you to my 36th birthday. And there were people who were annoyed they weren't invited to my 36th birthday. But I'm like, you haven't done anything for me in a year. You haven't invited me. You haven't reached out. You haven't done anything. You don't get to just get grand grandfathered in forever. I agree. Just like my reception, you know, a few people weren't invited. But I haven't spoken to them in a year, nor have they invited me to anything in return. There is like a give and take once you're older. And I think there's also exceptions. Like, let's say you have a childhood friend you haven't talked to in a year or something. That's probably okay. Everyone's busy, whatever. You have those years of high school, college, whatever. But if you're like a kind of newer friend that we met like three to five years ago and you're not in touch anymore, you know, great. You came to my 30th birthday, my 30, you don't get to come to everything. It's like all good. No, and no hard feelings, you know? Yeah, no hard feelings. And especially for people like me and you, I think we also have an international background. We have lived in other countries for long periods of time, and we're also traveling a lot. So we're trying to maintain those friendships as well. So if you're local, as in you're in America, and you haven't attempted to say hello or even happy birthday, then I'm not reciprocating when someone in India is making the attempt to talk to me. Yep, I agree. And I think there's also some people that are just not good at keeping in touch. But like, if you were there for me during a difficult period of my time, whether it was like a sick relative or mom, whatever, you're kind of always there, right? So those people, you know, I think get a pass. But if you're just someone who was parachuted in and you're not giving me what I'm giving you, then I might just phase you out. I'm not even cutting you off. I'm just phasing you out, if that makes sense. And we're talking about this because I think me and you, recently have cut a lot of people off. Yeah, I wouldn't even say it's a definitive. It's more like a slow burn or it's like, I'll invite you to the event that's open to the public, but I'm not inviting you to the private thing. Like, oh, why, where was my birthday invite? Like, where was my, you know, small group dinner? It's like, you've never invited me to anything. Why do I have to keep inviting you? I'm still inviting you to stuff. I'm just not inviting you to everything, you know? In my case, Specifically, it's been more opportunist. Like I give everyone a chance. I'm warm, I'm open, I'm social. But if you actually want to spend quality time with me, I can tell when someone's just an opportunist. And I say that because with Family Karma and the show, a lot of people just wanted to approach me or talk to me because they thought I would be someone cool on TV. And it's like, no, I'm actually a very quiet, probably boring person. And (laughs) then I'd, you know, being nice, I'd meet up with these people and then realize midway into the lunch or the drinks or the dinner that they just wanted to know about the show. And so that's a turnoff as well, in my experience. Exactly. And I think like when evaluating like a new person, whether they're, whether they should stay in your life or whatever, I always tend to be like, what are, what are you doing for me? I mean, maybe that's selfish. It's like, are you helping me find love? Are you helping introduce me to a bigger network? Are you helping me business-wise financially? And are you just unlocking doors for me in some way? Those are kind of the things I think about. And is there like, are you a good person? Is there a give and take? Are you someone who maybe fits into my network. Maybe you're a new person, but you're someone who's friends with seven of my friends, then yeah, you're probably someone I should know. 
Yeah, for me, it's mostly business related. Mm -hmm. If I'm getting to know new people today, it's because there's a possible business opportunity. Because I have my friends, I know who love me and care about me. And those people that I've distanced myself from, it's, you know, nothing personal. It's just in life, sometimes you change and maybe some people don't. Agreed. And I think I said this before, one good way to ingratiate yourself to a friend, whether it's old or new, is to get along with their spouse or at least be positive and not talk shit about their spouse. because. You know, unless there's a reason to, in which case, whatever. But like for me, like I feel like I could probably abuse you all day. And sometimes we abuse each other all day. It happens. I'm like pretty good friends with your husband. We talk sports separately. We talk movies, all that stuff. So you can tolerate sometimes what I mean to you, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> and I think that was a deal breaker, which we've talked about on the pod. If your significant other cannot hang with your friends or doesn't accept your friends, that's a deal breaker for me. And so I knew the ultimate test was bringing Surge around you guys. And we had the best time ever. It was an easy fit at uh, Brooklyn Mirage. Yeah. And I think that um, he was, he, we actually had a gr the group chat with him today. He actually rolled with the punches, but we, we basically were like, oh, you've gained weight. This is what you should be doing. And he, he was pretty good natured about it. <laughs> yeah, someone who can take a good roast and roll with the punches and not take things seriously. And we've had friends in our group whose significant others, partners did not like us. And that should have been a red flag. They're no longer with those people. But mm. I think it's a red flag. I think it's also like, good if you're going to say something mean to someone, say it to their face. Like if we're going to roast, we we roasted him to his face, he laughed about it, and he gives and takes, right? The worst is then you have the people that will just talk shit behind your back, and especially when they've never even met the person, right? That happens so much. It's like, you don't even know him. Exactly. I knew, for me, this instant, we won't name names, happened <laughs> last summer, and I knew this person was not my friend for a very long time. And I had sent my engagement photos mm -hmm. to maybe a handful of people. You were obviously one of them, our group chat. Mm -hmm. And this person met with people I don't even know, shared my engagement photos with those people and, you know, said negative, th negative things about me. And it came back to me. And I knew right then and there, you know, my instinct was correct. And most of the time, you'll know if someone's not worth your time. Right. Yeah, I agree. That's not okay. And if you have a problem with me or my spouse, just tell me. I, I think people respect that more. We're very, maybe you and I are like stupid and simpy and we're just like very open and honest. And we enjoy the culture of open abuse to each other and we use it to improve each other. Right. That's, it's like when we first met, we've talked about it before. Like you helped me with my fitness. I helped you not have unrealistic dating expectations, you know? Exactly. I think friends should be able to be honest with each other. If your friend cannot tell you the truth or you can't be criticized by your friend, then that's not really a friend. If your friend's just a yes man, then... You're missing some part of life. You should be like, hey, I know you're doing, you think you're doing okay, but maybe work on this aspect of your life. That's just my two cents as a friend, you know? Now... Yeah, we're talking about cutting people off, but there is, you know, a caveat. You should make room for new people. It's just how do you go about doing that or how do you navigate that in your 30s? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I think um, whether it's dating or just meeting platonically, it's a lot harder, you know, um, in your 20s. It was so easy to meet people. I feel like it was every weekend you're out of the bars, you're in the Hamptons, you're you know, for me, it was grad school. Um, and now it's like, you know, we're geriatrics now, we're like older. It's Friday night, we're staying home, drinking glass of wine and watching a movie, even alone, right? <laughs> we would rather be home alone. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I would rather be home alone than be somewhere just to be somewhere, having small talk and unnecessary interactions with most people. And as social as me and you seem, we actually value our me time, respectively. 
Oh, I love downtime. I love reading. I love like catching up on TV, movies, um, and just general peace, even going for a walk and listening to a podcast. Um, and I think we're both extroverted to some degree, but also you do need, as we get older, we can cover this later that, you know, you need some time to yourself and to, and that actually recharges you and helps you when you do have interactions with people. So maybe, I, maybe I know how introverts have always felt, right? Like how, you know, it, you know, a lot of introverts will enjoy going to a party and stuff, but for me, it has to be like valuable. Like, am I getting something out of it? Am I meeting new and interesting people? Is there a potential partner there? Or is it an old friend? Or is it someone that can help my business? You know, what different aspects can help my life? Absolutely. I went to a lunch last week just to kind of go to the lunch. It was more like a, what am I going to get out of this lunch? Was it like and a I, networking meet and greet or something? It was a, It was with people I know, but I really didn't want to go because I've met these people a few times and it's more like I keep giving them ideas, but they don't give me anything in return. And so I called my mom and she's like, well, don't cut it off completely. Go one more time and see what happens if you go to the lunch and you don't contribute any ideas. And we literally just sat there in silence at the lunch. So I knew right then and there, okay, I don't need to meet these people anymore because it's literally me giving ideas, but I'm getting nothing in return. And so I knew then like, oh, this is the last time I'm having lunch with these people. Yeah. Again, I think it's people have to understand friendship is a two-way street and you're allowed lull periods or whatever, but you can't just always be the one kind of having something taken from you or the one organizing or the one reaching out. It has to be kind of a two-way thing. Or you just end up in a different tier, right? If you want to be inner circle or second circle, you have to regularly give and take. Yeah, we talk about this. Again, it sounds harsh, but first tier gets to actually see me and gets regular text messages from me. If you're in second tier, maybe you'll see me Maybe I'll respond to your text. And that that's not because I'm an asshole. That's just because the other person has taken multiple days to respond. Like in the beginning, I'm giving everyone the benefit of the doubt. You're getting the response right away. You're going to see me. But once I realize, okay, this person takes more than 24 hours to respond, I've already put them in tier two. And if you're tier three and four, you have to pay to see me, right? You can see me at the comedy show. <laughs> literally or we can dm and send memes together and not have any actual conversation which is fine and if you're tier one you get the backstage pass <laughs> and that's not being being a dick or anything that's just life when you reciprocate right you're, it's not going to be one-sided that's all this is Agreed. i think the dangerous friend is the friend you think is your friend but they actually either want to be you or be in the circle you're a part of. Me and you have experienced this. I think a lot of people were like very jealous of our little crew and they kept trying to infiltrate our crew, but it's like, you're not, you know, giving us anything. You didn't make any effort. You just want to be in. It's weird. Yeah, I feel like a few of us were, you know, for example, uh, dragging you, kicking and screaming down the aisle uh, oh, yeah. to, to the altar. Uh, mainly, I think Julio would get the most credit. But, you know, NKP and I were also in your ear, kind of just like setting you straight, you know. And I can say in my darkest times, you guys have been there. And then people that you would think were there or should have been there were just more interested in, I guess, the TV aspect of it all. Like, oh, you're seeing someone, but they didn't really care about me or my well-being. Yeah. And that's, I mean, look, you're a person. You're not just like a celebrity. And even celebrities, they're people too. And I'm sure they also have an inner circle and a secondary circle, you know? I'm a Z-list celebrity. <laughs> Sorry, when I say celebrity, I meant like a, like a Brad Pitt type, right? Like the, yeah. even they have, they have people close to them too, right? So. Exactly. But there are people that everyone should cut off. And we're going to go down the list. You want to start with energy vampires? Because you know a lot of these people. Oh, man. So I guess I have a different perspective is I date a lot of energy vampires. <laughs> Why do you attract them? Do you think it's because you're an energy giver? Like I yes. am? You just give so much. 
Well, I think it goes back to remember the whole introvert extrovert thing. So like introverts and extroverts actually do get along romantically, but their vibes are very different. And then the worst type of the introvert is the energy vampire who just like drains you. And I I've tried dating them. I've realized I don't need an extrovert. I just need someone who's like not going to drain. You can be an introvert. You will just be social and don't just drain me and suck me dry. Like it's it's rough. <laughs> well, you do want to be sucked dry. Oh my god. I knew you were going to say that. I was like, as soon as I said that, she's going to, yes. You fell into it. (laughs) Set myself up. Unsupportive friends. Um, I feel like I've had good luck with most of my friends being supportive. You seem to have more experiences than me. Maybe because you had a public wedding and jealous, unsupportive people. I guess, yeah. I've just had friends, you know, during my wedding my ceremony and my reception, more than being happy for me, they were just mad that either they weren't invited to my private ceremony or they were mad that my public like reception had maybe some influencers there. And that's That's right. Oh, well, there was uh there's the person on Reddit. <laughs> yeah, there's a Reddit stalker who's like really mad but wasn't there and well i i called her out and i had a long back and forth and basically she ran away with her tail between her legs i think it's a she but you know we know it's a she she. but i love how you have friends that support you like now we just said unsupportive friends this troll on reddit i didn't even know it was up there but nkp and you follow reddit and you brought this to my attention and you guys fought for me out there and we support each other like get friends that support you in public get friends who will go on reddit and fight for days in between sets at the gym against random trolls (laughs) they fought this troll so hard she disappeared (laughs) she got tired yeah Look, I mean, if you come after my people, I'm coming after you. And that's happened many times in my life, you know? We are like the ride or die simpy friends. That's just We're just simpy people. Yeah, I'm kind of like, um, you know, I'm like a dog. It's like, uh, let's say like a Doberman, the dog of my family. Very cute. You can pet me. I'll be very nice. But if you come after my people, I will rip you to, to shreds. <laughs> yeah the dog version of me is a rottweiler like i'm Ooh, that's like a yeah doberman rottweiler yeah. Yeah, come, come i will see. keep you safe i will protect you and i will come for anyone i feel like the next category of people to drop it's kind of like what chases you toxic people toxic relationships mm. but i think that's because wayne dyer the father of motivation in the law of attraction he says when you decide what you want, you'll come across everything you don't want so that you're clear. And I think that's in your case. Like, you know what you want. You're a happy-go-lucky guy. You're probably one of the most cheerful people that I know, but you keep meeting these trash vibe girls. Yeah. People who kind of want to like bring me down to their weird vibe. And that's why, you know, we talked about this. I'd rather be alone right? And be happy with my friends and my life, then date someone who's going to bring me down and be a little toxic. But do you think that's because, and I have a friend like this, and I'm like this, sometimes you want to be the caregiver, so you attract projects? Yeah, maybe. I haven't really, I should probably talk to my therapist about that. Like people who maybe need some structure direction whatever and i'm i'm happy to give it but maybe i don't maybe that's not what's right for me long term maybe i need someone who's fully formed or at least half baked <laughs> you know yeah that's what i realized about myself with friends especially like i kept becoming friends with people i could help but then no one was helping me i agree but that's what i like about our group is like you and nkp and sheets type like those people we all kind of help each other I mean, since we all, even like Julio, since we all started talking, hanging out, whatever, I've probably lost like 20 pounds of fat, right? Which I, like, that's not just like a train or whatever. That's just like constant motivation and abuse. But it's like, then you have the friends who are like, oh, let this guy look like shit forever. And now we all motivate each other to look better. Even NKP, when he talks about all the things he's doing, 
We're like, well, here are the things you're not doing. And the same thing with Surge today. We're like, okay, you look good in this way, but you could also improve on your protein goals, right? Just stuff like that. But I think that becomes that that comes because we've all reached a level of individual personal success mm. and we will help each other and we'll even set each other up with people that are aligned because I was there and you're in it right now. A lot of people want you to succeed, but not be better yeah, or they'll want you to date someone nice, but not better than what they're dating. So like they'll introduce you to a troll or a goblin or like a shitty person. That's what I hate. And it's, it's like, especially like, would you date this person? If the answer is no, don't set me up with them. It's it's insane. And then the other thing is like when I've had those relationships that are good, or at least, you know, one, one that I covered on the pod uh, of a really nice girl where it just, you know, timing didn't work out, whatever people were like celebrating and like actively trying to sabotage that relationship. And I have, I have a different relationship with those people now. Again, not going to name names, but I will not forget that. And anyone who was supportive of my relationship helped me at the end of it, or even encouraged possibly going back to it. It's like, you know, you have my best interest at heart. And then you, like you set me up with people. NKP set me up with you once. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yeah, we're all just trying to help each other, but I think that only comes when you're happy with yourself. And a lot of people just don't want to see you do maybe better than them. That's true. And it's super selfish. The next category, time wasters, people who <laughs> consistently cancel. Oh my god, don't get me started. <laughs> I've experienced this more on dating apps. Um I don't know how many friends have consistently canceled on me. Is that something you have come across? Oh, yeah. I'll I'll meet people again, simp vibes, give them the benefit of the doubt. And then they ask me to meet them. I'm not that person that ever talks about how busy I am or, you know, I'm too busy for this. Like, we're all busy. Okay. We're, and none of us are Jeff Bezos. And I'll make, you know, an appointment with someone at their request and then they bail at the last minute and so that now i just like let's do these voice note meetings if i should even meet you in person and then of course with time wasters not only is consistent canceling going to make you going to make me drop you but people that are unreliable like if I need something or if I ask you for help and I've already helped you multiple times and you don't come through, we're done. I agree. I, I It sounds, the way you said that, it sounds so much like dating, <laughs> business yeah. and dating. Friendship is also like dating. Like, should I be your friend? Yeah. True. And then of course, differing priorities, like priorities no longer align and this is not something that's anyone's fault sometimes some friends still want to party and go to the club and do drugs and i'm not about that life right and then there's also the you know for me it's like i'm okay going out once in a while but it has to be like a little more wholesome you know if it's like a night out with friends and family if it's a wedding type thing engagement 40th birthday those type of things are nice i don't need a random night out for no reason um, or, if, or am I getting something out of it? Am I going out? Am I meeting people, uh, that can help my business? Is there some girl out there that I can meet? Sure. I'll come out. But I think our time and our peace is very valuable. You know, now what's funny is, uh, you know, back in the day, Friday nights were the most valuable thing for me. Now it's Friday nights in, so I can wake up early on a Saturday and have a really good workout and then report back to, to our fitness group of here's what I ate. Here's what I lifted. And then usually getting yelled at. Exactly. We're like, you ate too much. You're like, I ate a piece of sushi. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. And then, of course, we have our friends that have children. They're mm. still our friends, but maybe I'm going to see you twice a year because you have children and that's your priority as your children should be. Yes. So it's definitely interesting to navigate the friends with kids. Um, I think it comes down to how close are you to the friends? Do you know these babies, et cetera, well? Um, and I think no one should really take it personally if you drift away from someone who's single because they're just, they have a very different life than you. Like my closest friends all have kids. We used to go out every Friday, Saturday for like a decade, and now we don't. And the good news is that I don't go out in general on the weekends now as much. But if I were, I would go out with a completely different group of single people. That doesn't mean that the new group of singles are closer to me. It's just that we are in the stage of life together where we're out, we're at dinner, we might go to a dive bar and try to meet someone. Whereas the other group, they're on a Friday night praying their baby doesn't wake up. <laughs> or trying to find a babysitter. Yeah, that's right. Cutting off isn't about being ruthless. It's more about creating a space for those who harmonize with our lifestyle. That's all it is. Ain't personal. It's business, right? It's like a it's like a company. It's like if they're gonna drop the bottom 10%, it's not that you were bad, it's just that you weren't in the top 90%. That's same mentality. So who should you keep in your life? Well, you should keep people that are positive people mm -hmm. that value your self-worth. Again, key number three, mutual effort. Individuals who make as much of an effort as you do to maintain the relationship. That's been my biggest problem with people. I agree. And also I think people who fit well into your life. So like even if it's someone you don't always talk to or whatever, but if they're in your friend group and they say nice things about you, et cetera, then they're good. They're like a good, maybe they're not a one-on-one -on -one friend, but they're a good in the group friend. And it's like every time you meet up, which is twice, three times a year, you have a good time, you know? And then finally, keep people around you who genuinely care about your well-being and your success. And a lot of people don't care about your well-being and your success. And I, I know that sounds very pessimistic of me. Most people are not looking out for you. I've had this conversation with my mom and she's been telling me about this for years. And I'm sure your mom also they kind of went through the same, you know, obviously boomers and us are different in a lot of ways, but they did the same. My mom was like, I used to throw all these events for people, blah, blah, blah. And so many people didn't reciprocate. And she cut people out of her life because they just kept being moochers or leeches, whatever you want to call it. And she's like, I don't want you being the type that just keeps throwing events and not getting reciprocal invites and stuff. Agree. Absolutely. My mom has attended parties, she's thrown parties. But in this stage of her life, she has her close friend group. And she has told me also, you know, beware of people that are jealous or just want to be around you because of who you know, or who we hang around with, and they don't really care about you. And then one more group I think we haven't really covered, which is kind of complicated is family. And I don't mean like, immediate family. We can cover, we can go there. You know, you need boundaries. So for me, I have a very nuclear family with my sister who's been on the pod, my brother-in-law and my parents, and I don't really have much else. So we have that in common where we have very small families in general. A lot of our friends who are Indian, it's like similar to Italians and a lot of other immigrants. They have like 300 cousins and stuff. Me and you are the anomaly. My entire cousin group is six people. Right. Yeah. And I have a few cousins, but there's always weird, you know, relationship dynamics. But I was very close to my cousins growing up on my mom's brother's side, but we don't talk anymore. And one of them lives in New York and we just aren't in the same phase of life. And the thing is, 
For me, cousins, the one thing that you have in common that you should have for your entire life is your grandparents. And my grandma lives with us in New York for eight months of the year. The other part of the year, she's in India at my parents' house as well. And my cousins don't talk to or see my grandma. One's in New York. And for me, that's jail. Like we both exist because of my grandma. So that's something that's changed over time. We used to be very close. And if you're not going to take the subway to see my grandma even once a year, I'm staying with my grandma tonight after we finish potting. I stay with her whenever my parents are away. And I don't do it out of obligation. I do it because I like to. I learn a lot from her. And that's another example of time spent. You know, that's like more, the time I spent with her is probably more valuable than with my mom because she has less years left, you know, hopefully. And um, I just feel like that has changed a lot of the relationships in my family is the dynamics of who was there for my grandma when my grandfather passed away um, like 30 years ago. And certain people disappeared. As soon as the tap was turned off, they disappeared. And then those people tried to come back and you're out. Once that's That's a proper, like, I'm cutting you off because you were just there for money or status or whatever. And then you're, you're dead. You're never coming back. Yeah. All these rules apply to family members as well. I don't think family members need to be treated differently. At the end of the day, we're all just people having this experience. I actually am a lot stricter when it comes to family, um, like where I trust them even less because that's my experience. And my mom, that's coming from my mom because she was the person that would be throwing parties for all sorts of family members. Every Thanksgiving, every Christmas was at her house, cooking for 30 people, simping. I told my mom what a simp was. I said, you were a simp. And as soon as you know the good times stopped happening, those people disappeared. And I don't want those people in my life. In my case, we're the only ones in America. So okay. This is yeah. it. Well, I love your family. <laughs> and you've, I love you your know family what. too. And <laughs> I know it's tough for a lot of people listening who have that situation where it's not their friends, it's their family. And my advice to you is to have boundaries with your family. You have to slowly disassociate or distance yourself because it's not doing you any good. I think my big advice is family is not blood. It's not. Family is how you treat each other and the things you do and quality time and all that good stuff. I love that. The definition of family doesn't necessarily mean blood is thicker than water. It's are these people acting like the word family? I mean, it's like everyone on Instagram that will put hashtag friends like family, right? That actually like, okay, but are, are these friends actually acting like family? And for me, there are people like that, you know? I like our little dysfunctional family that we I consider our group family. <laughs> yeah, I agree. And like uh, I've known Julio since he was four. Yeah, that's crazy. And I've I guess, yeah, I realize I've uh Neil, I've known him for about a decade now. And I've known Neil my entire life too. And we yell at each other all day, every day. <laughs> exactly. The next topic, and I know people like this. Again, I don't want to judge, but when people don't have friends, a lot of people, they're like, I don't know where to meet people. I don't have friends. And they're maybe in their mid-20s or their mid-30s. I think that's a red flag. I agree. You have friends. I've dated people who don't have friends. And for me, that's tough because you know we're the same. We both have big friend groups, big, big circles. And that's something that's kind of... I don't even know if red flag is the right word. It's just we're not compatible. I think if you don't have friends, you should also invite or date someone with a small circle. And you can both have your two friends that you go to every now and then. It just won't work for someone like me. And by friends, I don't, I'm not necessarily saying you need 50 or even 10 friends. I'm just saying, do you have three close friends? Some people don't have three close friends. Yeah, that's not great. And I think um, another thing is, I've dated people that are new to New York, which is where I live, and they don't know people at all, which, again, not their fault. But I do think that, you know, New York is a place where you can make friends. You must know someone here, right? Like you moved here, you make friends through work. I don't know. Well, because we're here to always advise, even though we don't listen to our own advice. And (laughs) yeah, I am knocking you, I guess, if you don't have friends. But how do you make friends? 
across the decades, and we're here to help. So in your 20s, you can, I guess, attend social events, go to meetups, attend parties, pursue hobbies. People don't do that enough. I think uh, one, you can join a sports league. We did kickball. We made friends from kickball, you, you know, soccer, any time type of leagues like that. Um, drawing classes, pottery, all those type of things, right? Those are ways to make yeah. friends. Um, networking events. I made some friends in, in those. Those are always, yeah. those are interesting. You kind of like, these are the work people here, but oh, maybe there's some people that we get along and maybe you have some mutual friends. Um, any others? <laughs> yeah, I mean, in your 20s, you should be at everything, doing everything, just doing the most. Like, and if, if you're you bougie, if you're bougie like us, you go to masters and you make a big group of friends there. <laughs> yeah, if you go to, ma if you're bougie, then you get a master's to waste two more years, in my case, to avoid getting married. Yeah, you, you got your MBA, NKP and I met in our MBA program. And then I met, also for me, what's interesting is obviously made good friends in my MBA program. The friends of friends from MBA program was actually really good. You technically would count as one of those. Like you and Neil were home friends. I met you through him during COVID, right? Exactly. And I... This has nothing to do with this podcast episode, but I don't recommend you getting a master's unless you're going to be a doctor, an engineer, or a lawyer. It's a waste of time. <laughs> unless you want to have fun and get an MBA. But the thing is, like, people actually do respect you when they see MBA, but it's like the easiest degree. <laughs> so the easiest degree, and some people do it for the wrong reasons. Like me, I got one to gain two more years of not having pressure to get married. Well, some people go for their MRS degree at an MBA program. Exactly. Mrs. <laughs> some people go to get an MBA to meet their husband. But for uh, that, you got to get in, I'd advise like top 20 school. Yeah. 430s, I was going to say, what do you think, kind of going back to dating, I've gone out with girls who have told me they don't know many people in New York, but they're on Bumble BFF trying to meet people. And for me, that was like an automatic like buy. Red flag. But I guess at least they're trying to meet. My advice them. is if you're going to do that, do not tell the person you're dating that you're meeting people on Bumble BFF because that is like the least attractive thing I could ever hear from a girl. Yeah, don't tell anyone you're trying to meet people on Bumble BFF. Like... <laughs> Go to the park. I don't know. Like, go join a pottery class, like we said earlier, or go to the gym. Yeah, I was gonna say our workout classes or running clubs or those. I think bike groups. Like, you can go for bike yeah, you could do that. And that, in in fact, that makes me interested because oh, you actually want to learn something or you want to do something versus you went on Bumble BFF and <laughs> what you know, what are those dates like? <laughs> join a cooking class. I don't know. Just don't think, say you're doing that. Side note, can you imagine being dumped on Bumble BFF by someone you met? It's like you've been out two or three times. Like, hey, it's been nice, but I don't want to see you anymore. It's been anymore. nice, but I don't want to be your friend. <laughs> you might not like what you're hearing, but we're actually trying to help people. All we're doing on this podcast, that's the perfect way to state it. We're being your friend. You're actually getting a glimpse into the group chat, which is like 500 messages a day. And golden advice that you're getting for free. Exactly. This is actually our group chat. The listener is listening to our group chat. We're just the voices, public voices of it. Exactly. And we're going to tell you what no one else is going to tell you. You're going to hear it here. Couldn't agree more. I think you're going to next cover 30s and 40s. Yeah. How do you make friends in your 30s? So for me, it's, as I mentioned, the friends of friends has been a big part of my 30s, making friends, especially like um, a lot of my friends, I met, I always refer to my guy friends who are married with kids. They have a few friends that we actually became friends because, you know, they're single and they're not seeing the mutual friend that is now married with a baby. So we go out together, you know, as single friends, whatever. And that's kind of like the newer group uh, in our 30s, I think. Yeah, I think for me, I've made some amazing friends on this comedy tour. And the way it's been genuine is these aren't people that sent a DM asking for something, right? Like, or wanted to meet me because they were in the same city or they're a fan of the show. They genuinely came to the comedy show because they thought I was funny. 
and relatable. And then after this show, we start talking and we seem to have a lot in common. And that's how we become friends. Like some of these people drove two hours from two towns away from Portland, for example, to come to the show. And they stay after and we start talking and we have a lot in common. And so the people that actually show up have been good friends. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I mean, it's kind of cool that you get to meet people that way. It's very organic. And I feel like uh, with comedians, you know, you hear them and you kind of get a window in their life and then you're kind of more open to talking afterwards, you know? Yeah. And it's just not like some DM where someone just wants to schmooze and meet you. It's like they made the effort already by coming to the show. And then becoming friends is like a lucky bonus for both me and the person who came to the show. I think what's interesting is like, it just, you know, I know we're in the digital age and the swipe era. It's, it's made things so kind of hard to meet people. And also they're less organic. I think when you go to these in-person events, it's just better because you kind of all like share an interest. Like, hey, I'm into comedy, right? I'm into biking. I'm into a pottery class, right? You, always, you already share something. And that goes for both dating and friendships. So I wonder if we're like at the end of the apps swiping Bumble PFF era. <laughs> I mean, we read a statistic, you know, that as a society, we're so numb to everything, including sex, that slowly we're going to shift into more of a traditional way of living. You know, people are going to get married again. People are going to have values. I hope so. I mean, I wonder because Gen Z, we always talk about them. They're not really, they're not hooking up. They're online all the time and probably meeting in random metaverse video games. I don't even, I don't even know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing either, but I also think they might carve the way back to making friends organically without the internet, just because by the time they're in their mid-30s, we're going to live in a robotic world. Oh, God. I'm scared. <laughs> and then what about people in your 40s plus? Like, how do you make friends? I think vacation. Isn't that like a way that people make friends? That's what I've been hearing. My aunt has been a widow since she was 46. She's now 70. And she made friends going on these tour groups you know she's seen the world with this group of friends that she met on a tour just like i hosted that girl's trip to turkey a lot of groups are available at different ages to do that you can make friends and travel the world yeah uh, i was actually impressed that you made such good friends on that trip and then you know afterwards i saw a bunch of them at your wedding so those those girls were cool i like them <laughs> yeah super fun and I also think you can, you know, go again to the neighborhood health club. And again, don't be afraid to talk to someone. I see a lot of people at coffee shops. I think coffee shops, not for us, but for a lot of people have become like a second home. A lot of people work from home at the coffee shop. Like you should talk to people there too. I always wonder about that because I like going to coffee shops on like a weekend and reading and just chilling. I wonder... The thing is, which we talked about on Man Lash, is like, do people want to get approached? I mean, I don't know about guys. Guys are usually open, but like, do girls ever want to get approached by anyone? I feel like that's, it's not even a rejection thing. It's like, you never want to be called a creep, you know? I think it depends. And I think you have to read the room. <laughs> so something that I'm probably bad at. <laughs> we got this chart this chart with a bunch of graphs that was really depressing our friend sheets we sent it in the group chat and she was like this is really depressing but mm. i didn't find it depressing but ultimately uh we spend most of our time on earth alone interesting yeah i mean that makes sense right are we including the sleep hours as, as well or no yeah all <laughs> of it okay well yeah when well, you come alone we go alone right we always say that yeah. So yeah, apart from friends and meeting friends and your partner and your job and your coworkers, ultimately you need to love yourself. But according to the statistics, peak time spent with your family in your childhood declines after the age of 20. So after 20, 
you don't really spend time with your family anymore. Unless it's you and me, right? Because I work with my family and you live with your family for quite some time, actually. So you actually, I know we always talked about you being in boomer jail, but you also kind of got a gift, which was to spend time with your parents and grandparents. And any chance I get, I go home. <laughs> any chance. <laughs> Literally, like every other week. I'm going you complain about Miami in the group chat, but you're there every third weekend. Literally. Yeah. And I think also maybe the graphs changed uh, because of COVID. A lot of us spend time with our families during COVID and lockdowns. So And yeah. cultural differences. We're brown. Brown people are always spending time with their family. It's just a thing. I know it's the same for Latinos. Yeah, I was, I was going to say Latins and like Italian, you know, those those types. Um, I think very similar. Probably even Asia, you know, certain like Chinese, whatever, Korean. Yeah. Um, and then peaks in friendship decline after your 20s, which makes sense, you know, like work, you start working, then you get married. The difference, though, I think is quantity goes down, but the quality might still be there. My mom is still posting photos with her friends from childhood, but they only meet like three, four times a year. But it's always like they're always like having a good time going out, gallivanting around town. I think like during 2021, like still kind of COVID was people like shouldn't have been going out and the you know the older generation wasn't supposed to. She was like out with her friends. I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. All of our boomer parents were out with their friends in the pandemic. Good for them. But um the people you actually spend the most time with, 90% of your time in your lifetime, you're with your partner and you're with your coworkers. So it's really important who you choose to become your partner and then who you decide to work with. Yeah. Um, well, I guess the who you work with is all interesting because our boomer parents, it's like they have the same job for 20 years and then the next job is for 20 years, right? With millennials and Gen Z, you switch every one to two years, right? <laughs> yeah, it's very different. But ultimately, um, I think you have your career once you're established, you stay. True. Absolutely. Um, and I think the chart mainly said that who you marry is the most important decision you make in your life. And that's the person you're going to spend more time with. And that's going to only increase, right? As you get older. Yeah. Time with your spouse increases till death. It just keeps increasing. Except you, you seem to be alone at home all the time. I'm alone 14 hours a day, which is why it works. <laughs> Space is going to sex. Yeah, you're like living the dream, which is just like, you know, you you sleep in the same bed. <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine being with someone 24-7 all day, every day. It's a little much. But some people enjoy that. You know, like I was talking to one of my friends uh, whose parents, like almost every night they're together. Meanwhile, you enjoy that he'll be like at an overnight and then you're away at a comedy tour for like two weeks and then you come back and, you know, it works. Yeah, while we're young, you know, that's you should be hustling and moving around. You know, but for now, we got to hustle. True. Absolutely. Or, you know, you can do is like a mix of like, you know, you do your vacation time, weekends, whatever together. But like during the week, you just don't see each other. I think both our dads were always on the road, actually, for us growing up. My dad didn't see me till I was three months old. Whoa, really? My dad was working. He traveled six months out of the year. What's interesting for me is... um I like live with my grandparents for like the first year of my life. And my parents would like come in and come like, they'd like parachute in every now and then I would just, and my grandparents love it. Maybe it's different because my grandparents were younger. They were like 59 and 55. So like it was different versus now <laughs> since we're all old and all the, all our friends, parents, the grandparents, they're, they're like, you know, they're 75, they're 80, you know? Yeah. My kid when the kid has grandparents, my parents will be in their mid 70s. But your mom is going to look like she's 45. Yeah, but they are tired. <laughs> it's true. Very true. But yeah, I, w- I would spend summers with my grandparents in Dubai. We were sent to Dubai for the summer. <laughs> They're sent for the summer and it's like, please take care of these. And then your parents are gallivanting around the world somewhere. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what they were doing now that I look back. I should ask them like, hey, what were you doing? The summers we were gone. Probably sleeping. Probably just (laughs) living a normal life. (laughs) And then, of course, like we said, time with yourself increases to the end of your days. You spend the most time with yourself. I think it's important to love yourself for that reason. 
And I think that is the root of this podcast currently cringing and something that me and you promote because we've been through so much self-hate. Oh my God. I feel like I was such a different person back in like 2019 say I really hated myself and I wouldn't say I fully love myself, but I, I like myself a lot, you know, and I wouldn't be friends with the older version of me or sorry, the past version of me. That person for me, the older version of me was a downer. Yeah, same. And I think I'd be friends with a year ago me, um, but not three, four years ago, like right before COVID. I think I was, it's like COVID almost like made us better and like change our lives. Yeah, well, people were suffering in COVID. Unfortunately, there's a few happenstance, lucky stories like hours where we thrived we got better and came out of it stronger that's i i became a different person in covid i really learned to love myself and that's kind of when everything fell into place for me yeah and that's when we met each other and we were both in very transitional periods i think um and you were I'd like say we were at rock bottom <laughs> what are you talking about? There were multiple rock bottoms. <laughs> yeah, rock bottom happens multiple times a year for us, but that was bad. That was a bad place because I hated myself, not only me as a person, I hated myself in every way, emotionally, physically, mentally, all of it. I think the key was I couldn't even like look at myself in the mirror without hating myself. And now I actually look at myself in the mirror and I was like, you're not where you need to be, but I like what I see. I love I like that. The trend. I like the trend. I like the trend. And I, I'm going to part on the pod with part on this episode with something I heard yesterday, which I really liked because we always say, you know, act as if to become the person you want to be, act as if, which is easier said than done. But I was listening to someone the other day on TikTok, of course, but they kind of, gave me a light bulb moment, which is, you know, focus on one feeling. And that feeling could be, what will you feel like when you finally are the person you want to be and you have everything you want? The feeling would be pride. So just focus on being proud of yourself. Every day, wake up and say, I am proud of myself. And that kind of covers the whole thing. I think another thing is like, a a year from now, do you want to look back and see yourself in the same place or worse? Or do you want to look back and be like, oh, a year ago, I was in a good place. I'm in a way better place a year from today, you know? ABE, always be escalating. <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you have someone toxic or a time waster or just an energy vampire in your life, cut them off. Keep it lean, you know? <laughs> Thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week. If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chai. Hi, this is Kristen. And this is Jen from My Mom So Hard. And we're here to talk about By Heart. Do you remember when you were nursing and you were like, I want to give the best thing I can to my baby? Well, we've got that for you. It's called By Heart. And it is a infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code MOMS20 for a limited time. Additional terms and conditions apply. Tell them my mom so hard sent you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. 
Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I am a hydrated girly, but sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland, and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness, and they come in five different flavors. They're so good wild berry acai grape pineapple mango lemon and mandarin orange my favorite is the wild berry because i just i just love a berry so if you're like me and you're drinking water all day then try splash refresher it's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you thank you so much for sipping the chai with me this week If you like the show, remember to rate, review, and subscribe. You can also find me on Instagram at Anish Ramakrishna. I would love to hear from you. Join me next week for more chats.